Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the ASI podcast. I am your host, Darren Maher, and joined, as always, by Ian Kelly. This week we have a all-basketball show, uh, and we're going to be talking about the draft, free agency, uh, and some of the trades that have gone down over the past week. And who better to get on and chat to us than none other than friend of the show, Casey Kernan from the YouTube page, AM Hoops. Casey, how are you? Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, one of the crazier weeks in the page, to be honest. It's like, I feel like I've been doing nothing but working for the past seven, eight days, but that's okay. It's good. That's it. It's, it's, it's great to be busy. And obviously you've been having a, a lot of your videos out uh, this week and last week, especially with your grades and obviously with the latest. And just actually today, we, we got some latest news about uh, Bam Adebayo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rookie max extension, which is the most he could get paid. You know, the max salary is uh, structured. So the longer you've been in the league, the more money you can get. But, um, this one was tricky because even though he's one of their best players and he's an all-star, um, they've got eyes for Giannis Antetokounmpo next summer. So um, there's a way for them to fit everybody currently on their team practically using cap space, but Bam had to play ball. Um, you're able to sign guys one year early. Um, so if they waited, they could have, signed Giannis with cap space. And then there's a rule you can go over the cap to re-sign your own guys. They're called bird rights. And so they wanted, I, we don't know if they wanted this, but it was just kind of out there that, hey, you know, if, if Bam waits to sign, then they could sign Giannis, then use Bam's bird rights to go over the cap and they could have everybody. But the issue with that is you're asking a guy to not lock in you know, his financial future, his family's generations, all that. And even if they sort of under the table promised, you know, it's nothing's ever a guarantee and anything can happen in a year. And so when BAM signed, it was big news because it meant that it's just going to be a little more difficult if they want to sign Giannis. It's not impossible, but now one of the avenues is totally blocked off. And the most um, beneficial avenue if you're a Heat fan, too. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, that's why that was significant. The other guys in his draft class, like Donovan Mitchell, um, Jason Tatum, those guys were expected, but Bam was kind of unexpected. All right. Well, we'll get back to sort of contract extensions and free agencies in a little bit of time. But I actually want to speak first about the draft. Uh, and all the talk heading into the draft was obviously about uh, LaMelo Ball and would he go number one? 
No, he didn't. He went third to the Hornets in the end, obviously teaming up with, with Michael Jordan. Uh, Anthony Edwards actually was the first pick going to the Timberwolves and then James Wiseman to the Warriors. In terms of talent and team fit, do you think these were the right moves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, everything went, I think, kind of as planned. And uh, that's what we thought we were going to see was Edwards and then Wiseman and then Ball. And I don't know about Charlotte, but I knew I do know that the top two uh, teams were trying to trade those picks all the way up until like literally the last minute. And of course, we'll never know what the exact negotiations were, but they clearly weren't getting back what they wanted. Uh, or what they thought was worth trading the pick. So they both went ahead and just picked them. You know, the, the uh, Timberwolves picked Edwards and the um, Warriors picked Wiseman. And, you know, I think that speaks to the overall talent of this draft. That other teams just didn't feel like it was worth trading up. And so, um, you know, you don't like to hear that if you're a Timberwolves fan or a Warriors fan. Um, I think it was really more important for the Warriors to trade this pick then the Timberwolves at number one, um, because the Warriors to me are in, in a win now mode, championship mode. They don't, you know, I, I've seen so much over the last month, Warrior fans obsessed with getting someone for the future. But, um, you know, how many teams can we think of that have a franchise player that get nowhere? You know, I mean, we could talk about, um, I mean, almost every team in the West, at least, has a franchise player. You know, it's like Carl Anthony Towns, Damian Lillard. Um, uh, I mean, we could just go on. Uh, Devin Booker for the Suns. Like, we could go on and on about these teams. Yeah. Getting one guy for the future, these Warriors fans are obsessed with. It's, it's meaningless. It's, I don't know if they have the same way in Europe with European sports, but with American sports, there's this phenomenon of people being obsessed with the next thing. And they're obsessed with someone's potential. High school recruiting is a big deal. Um, people will see people from Europe playing like this Fucando Campazzo guy who plays for Real Madrid point guard. And they, oh, they get, oh my God, he's gonna come over here. It's so mysterious and it's so exciting. And it's like, look, in, in reality, they're probably not gonna be that good. And great, you got Wiseman for the future, but who cares about being somewhat mediocre or winning the eighth seed in the future? It's all about right now. I think it was way more incumbent on the Warriors to trade this pick to maximize what they have now, because what they have now is literally once in a lifetime, literally. I and mean, we've seen how many years of Warrior basketball, they've never had this kind of success. Sure. And guess what? Most franchises never have this kind of success ever. Yeah. So when you can maximize what you have right now, you need to do it. F, screw the future. The future, the future. We need to get someone to pass the torch. Sure, shut up. You literally, this torch the Warriors have cannot be passed. That's how good it is. Um, but with the Timberwolves, and so I was really disappointed that they didn't trade it. Doesn't mean they still can't trade Wiseman. But with the Timberwolves, I'm totally cool with them not trading the pick because ultimately – uh, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell can be disgruntled all they want. They have no leverage, zero. Carl Anthony Towns is under uh, contract for like four more years. He can pout all day long. It literally doesn't matter. He cannot demand a trade. He, he's, he has no ground to stand on on a trade man. So they can afford to draft a young guy, have the young guy go through growing pains. 
while Quante Towns and D'Angelo Russell are still under contract. Sorry, guys. It's the truth. So I was disappointed that they both didn't trade, but I was more okay with the T-Wolves keeping, keeping the pick. That's pretty much spot on. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think to touch on Casey's point, um, we have that to an extent over here, I suppose, Dara, um, when it comes to European sports with football. Obviously, football is the, is the number one, so team sport. We can comment on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think um, – I think when it comes to I think when it comes to you know the next big thing it's it's more of a media thing over here than you know necessarily a uh, you know a team thing the media will build up like the British media are notorious for uh, building a player up only to wait for him to have some sort of failure and then bring him down you know what I mean whereas I think you guys in the states I think especially with, with, a, with a team like basketball or something like hockey where it's a five-man team, even football. Derek can speak more freely on that for me. But uh, they do seem to have this thing that this one guy is going to change absolutely everything. And I, I, do, I do agree with that. I just wanted to touch on that. Um, we definitely do have it. Um, this guy is the next Maradona or this guy is the next Pele or this guy is the next whatever, you know. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, there's always a level. But it's a lot easier to sort of invest or a lot easier to cut your investment on sort of sports over in Europe because, you know, there's not that sort of draft system or, you know, exactly, trade yeah. system like there is in the States. It's, you know, there's fees paid for players, sure. uh, you know, yeah. so that's, that's a lot easier to sort of get players and get rid of players so that you're not tied to sort of, if you, like you say, you make this investment in trying to be, uh, trying to draft someone, obviously number one, number overall, or trying to get the next prodigy coming out of college. It's kind of a better system that they have in the states, in in some ways, though, because obviously we have astronomical transfer fees um, in football teams. You know, like if you want to buy Lionel Messi, you're talking what? What's what's, what's his buyout clause? Like something like five hundred million. Five hundred yeah. million. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you want a good. Why can't player, you just wait for him to be done with his contract? Well, that's kind of yeah. That's one of the things that's kind of happening now. But you know, it's um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things. It, transfer fees and the transfer market in football is big business. It's big news. And, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, but just the difficult thing about like waiting for a player to finish his contract is that when a player knows that he's finishing his contract and a t and he obviously if he's worth as much as that we're using the example of messi and if he's worth 500 million and the club are saying we don't want to pay that to the club you finish your contract and then come to us well then the player and his agent will come to us saying well if you're saving 500 million we want some of that in our contract yeah mm-hmm. you know so the clubs are still paying it either Agents way in 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 soccer football whatever you want to call it um are absolutely notorious for being probably worse than boxing promoters to be fair um, <laughs> you know and that's saying something right yeah it is okay so we'll get on yeah. i just want to mention one other team in the draft and we'll move on from it um is the is the knicks they obviously use their uh first round pick to get ob toppin uh, forward mm-hmm. from Dayton. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, obviously the Knicks, obviously being in New York, they're one of the most talked about teams in, in the league. Mm-hmm. Is this the pick that fans hoped for in terms of starting the Renaissance and sort of being relevant? Because obviously, with their neighbors then over in Brooklyn, 
getting better and better and the possibility of Harden maybe joining, you know, they, they're going yeah. to need to step up. Well, I think they picked eighth and Toppin, uh, I think eight is around about where we expected him to go. And he's the best offensive player in college basketball. And so, you know, you say that nowadays and you really are excluding Europe and, um, and maybe some of these new young guys who are just going to play in the G League. So college basketball is its own thing, but still being the best offensive player in that realm says something. His defensive is questionable, but really what people questioned was his position. So he plays one of the forward positions and, you know, the Knicks really needed a point guard, but um, I, I think there are two ways to think about this. And the first is that they're being pragmatic. They're being conservative, which is unlike how they've been in recent years. So, you know, like what you just said is a perfect example of the way that they used to think, which is, oh, man, the Nets are getting good. They're taking a lot of the press. We better catch up. And so, you know, they've had this $35 million in cap space. Um, you know, they have all their own picks, all this stuff. Theoretically, they could have traded up in the draft, and I guarantee you they were on the phone with those teams we were just talking about. Yeah. They could have cashed in a lot of their assets to trade up and get LaMelo Ball or something because they need a point guard more than they do a forward. But they didn't do that. All they did was sit there and take the best available player. And in free agency, they haven't swung and overpaid for anyone. Fred Van Vliet, Gordon Hayward. So, hey, this is, is this a new Knicks? Are they being smart? Are they not trying to win the back page? Are they, you know, this is great. They're being conservative, which is unlike them. Yeah. Or you could say that, you know, if you really are a believer in this draft class, this free agent class, you could say, wow, they had all these assets and they were too timid to go ahead and make the big move. So obviously no one knows. I mean, you could have either opinion, conservative or, um, or you know, smart or too uh, timid. You could have either one, but we're not going to know. But, um, you know, a lot of people say that next year is the better draft class. For sure next year is the better free agent class. So maybe those people are right, and what the Knicks did was the smart thing. I got a question for you based off that, um, Casey. Um, one of the funny things that I found, because obviously we know, you know, Knicks equals turmoil, Knicks equals drama, Knicks equals, you know, just absolute madness in a lot of ways. And that's always uh, due in part to their, to their very sane owner. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the Harding transfer, okay, like the Harding trade, you know, I was, me and Dara were actually talking about this um, probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, seeing Harding linked to the, to, to the Nets, I mean, you're, you're kind of thinking with, with what's going on there, surely you would have probably thought the Knicks name would be somewhere within that conversation, right? Whenever you're talking about a big trade, what trades are made of are draft picks, good young players and talented veterans. You know, those are the three things. Yeah. And really the Knicks only have one of those. They oh, only picks. have draft picks. Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, what is the Philadelphia 76ers have to offer a really good veteran? And that's Ben Simmons. Um, the Nets have to offer a good, good veterans um, and a good young player. So the veterans are Karis LeVert and Spencer Dimity. The young players, Jared Allen. Um, and then they have all their draft picks. 
that's most fair. of them. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like the Knicks just don't really have the ammo to go into this into this fight, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. It's just a question I wanted to ask because some people will probably be listening and, and going, well, why don't the Knicks talk about it? But yeah, that's that's a, a good way of, uh, of kind of describing why the Knicks wouldn't be in that battle. But yeah. Right. Yeah, so and also, do. maybe if they're doing this conservative thing, then maybe they, you know, maybe they're trying to not do the big, giant, splashy trade. Sure. sure. So... Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, it could be down to mindset as well. Like, does Harden want the paycheck or does he want to win? Like, you know, he wants so, to win. So that's it, yeah. So I think probably the Nets are in a better position to win than than the Knicks. Um, True, yeah. Right. So. Yeah, but, but I would say that it, it doesn't matter as much what Harden wants because mm-hmm. he, doesn't, he doesn't control this decision, you know. Yeah. If he did, he would already be gone. So I think it's just more down to what do the Rockets want and what they want the Knicks can't offer. Mm-hmm. I can ask you just one more question actually about the draft while I have while we're speaking about it and it's just about the draft process when I, I was looking at it because I'm more used to the how the NFL draft their their players and I'm looking at uh, teams like obviously teams in the NFL can trade their picks away and make and then the team that acquires the pick makes the selection and what I've noticed is that there was picks that were made by teams and then it was traded away Mm-hmm. This is that is that a common thing where they actually the, the players are already picked and then the player is traded to and so this is a new so what they've tried to do is tweak it starting this year so it used to be that you would um select the player and then trade the pick but now they're trying to trade the pick and then select the player so and i think most of the confusion was when the players would put the hats on so like for example this year um trying to think of one of the players who was traded um let's see was it uh, Sadiq Bey when the Nets dropped was Sadiq Bey okay yeah did he put on the correct hat I'm not sure if he put on the correct hat but he was drafted by the Nets and then traded to the Pistons after being dealt to the Clippers (laughs) I just looked at that right now so he just looked at that right now he should have he should have put on the correct hat this year but in past years, they would end up putting on the wrong hat, taking the photo with the commissioner with the wrong damn hat on, yeah. and then having to go backstage and put on the right hat backstage. So, like, if you look at Luka Doncic, his draft photos, he's wearing an Atlanta Hawks hat, shaking <laughs> Adam Silver's hand. Hell. And Trey Young is wearing a Dallas Mavericks hat. So, it's, you know, and so this year they're like, this is just dumb. So um, it should have worked out this year, even though even though it is still definitely confusing. Yeah, that's just what I found because it was a little confusing. Like saying the way that they're trying to do it, obviously, is in line with the NFL, where the team that acquired the pick will make the pick, so that the player actually knows what's happening. So, like they say, they're not wearing yeah the the wrong hat or NFL terms, not holding up the wrong jersey. But that that's okay. That was just one one little thing I I was um, just a little miffed about. But we'll move on to free agencies and we'll talk a bit about trades. You know, it's been obviously most of the big trades or free agency signings have happened. Uh, the The Lakers are definitely getting stronger. They, with the like with the acquisition of Marcus All. They've also gotten Montrez Harrell uh, just last week too. Uh, I think Dennis Schroeder is in line to uh, make a trade move as well. How have you uh, 
have you seen the, the Lakers moves this offseason to obviously try and run it back again next year? So I'm just like everyone else who thinks that they've just knocked it out of the park to use a, an American sports analogy. I like it. Um, I like but it though. it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny because like, I swear, whenever like every single person's reaction is the exact same for me, it's like the kiss of death. Like in betting uh, terms, it's almost like when the, the entire public is betting the same team. Sure. Sometimes it's better to, bet the other way just to bet against the public as you know i did casey you know i did this all through the playoffs and i failed miserably did you do that how did you do (laughs) you know that man remember i i had the um remember i had the magic against the books first and i had that's right the first game and we absolutely right. destroyed the books in the first game. And I was like, Oh my God. But then I put some <laughs> shitty game to go with that as an accumulator. I was like, I should have just stuck to my guns. And well, of course, if you do, let me just say, if you do that as a consistent strategy, there's no way it's going to be good. But Damn straight. My, my point here is Dara is that like, when I feel that the Lakers did such a great job, they're no doubt favorites. They're going to easily go back to back. And everyone else says that. I just all of a sudden have an instinct of this isn't actually good. I, there's just something about that that I don't like. But um, but I'm trying to hedge my my comment here. I love what they did. And, you know, I think that now they bring back the two most important pieces, which is LeBron and AD. But now they have depth. And it's not just, um, you know, average depth. To me, this is elite depth because Montrez Harrell was six man of the year. I think Dennis Schroeder was second in six man of the year voting. Obviously, Marcus Saul is a champion and he has a lot left to give. And the Raptors would have loved to have him back. Um, but the Lakers got him. And, you know, they lose Danny Green. They get Wesley Matthews to replace him, who does basically the same thing. Um, and, you know, some of last – and they, they got uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope back. And the yeah. thing about last year's team was – you know, LeBron said at one point, he goes, we need Kyle Kuzma to be our third best player to win a championship. That ended up not being true at all. Kuzma was not their fourth best player and they won a championship. So to me, anyone that they could have replaced those role players with would have done just fine. Okay. But they didn't just replace them. They upgraded them and they brought back LeBron and AD. So um, again, I hate to say this, but to me, they are, absolute favorites and i can't wait to see what it all looks like on the court yeah uh, i think probably another team that was best next or the next best in free agency and trades would probably be in my eyes be 76ers uh mm. wins uh obviously with doc in charge and with uh and daryl uh daryl morley and is uh basketball operations i think his official mm. title is so obviously they've Got, they've acquired Danny Green, uh, Seth Curry as well from the Mavericks, which is a really uh, shrewd, shrewd signing, I think. Getting yeah. Dwight Howard off the Lakers as well. Uh, and also, but more importantly, getting rid of uh, a lot of dead cap, you could probably say, with the likes of uh, Al, Hol- Al Horford, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to bring up the 76ers because I was listening to the Rich Eisen show during the week and he had uh, Morley on and he spoke about moving from Houston to the 76ers and before he moved to the 76ers 
he got a lot of phone calls from a lot of teams wanting to take him on, including some NFL sides that actually wanted to talk to him as well. And I just want to see, it, it, he, he obviously, from what he did in Houston and what he's doing out the 76ers, he definitely knows the art of a deal. Uh, you know, <laughs> intended pun, int- intended pun there for I that. Like but, that. Uh, is it is it that he's so uh, well well versed in the league that he could maybe make that transition to other sports? I know he worked in baseball beforehand, but you know, maybe set finish the trio off by moving to football when he's done uh, with the Seventy Sixers. Well, we've seen guys do this before. There was a guy named uh, Sasha. Oh man, I can't remember his name, but he went from baseball to the Browns, the Cleveland Browns. His name, ugh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But, um, you know, I think that what people would be interested in with Daryl Morey is just his analytics side. And so I believe he went to MIT, which is, a, um, a you know, clearly a big mathematics university out here in the United States. And uh, he was one of the first guys to lead this analytics numbers revolution in terms of putting together a team and not – you know, using the eye test, but using spreadsheets in order to, to make trades and moves and signings. And so the money I think that, is- oh yeah, for sure. And you know, that's what, what um, the guy from Yale who helped out Billy Bean on the Oakland A's, um, you know, just thinking differently. And honestly, it's totally worked in Houston, despite the fact that they haven't won a championship since 1995 is like, you know, there's no reason the Houston Rockets should have been this relevant for the past decade. But it really, it came down to Daryl Morey. Um, and I could easily see why football teams would be like, dude, you're such a brilliant mind. Why don't you come over here and just see what you can do with our sport? But um, I think he's definitely landed on his feet in Philly. And I agree with you. They've done a fantastic job. I got a I got a couple of ones there. Um, one of the, uh, I guess one of the worst kept secrets. Brandon Ingram agreed a five year deal as well. Um, Brandon yeah. Ingram definitely <clears throat> definitely a player that I'm um, a big fan of personally. I don't know about you, Casey, but I, I kind of see a lot of potential in that kid. Um, and then of course this was a little bit of a strange one, Fred, Vla- because and, and I say strange, I just want to kind of preface it by saying strange because a lot of sports journalists that I was listening to um, were saying that Fred Flanfeet was one of the guys that that could go elsewhere, but he stayed with the Raptors. Were you surprised by you know either move? I mean, I don't think anything will be done with the with the Ingram one, but are you surprised by the? by the Van Fleet one? No, um, because, you know, they wanted to give him four years 80, but he ended up going four years 85, and they were able to do that. Uh, and st- they're one of the teams that has an eye on Giannis as well. And so sure. with all those numbers, you know, um, taken into consideration, four years 80 would have been perfect for their Giannis plan. But now um, – they don't have to worry about it as much because they didn't bring back Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul. And so a lot of that money is freed up for whoever. So, yeah, I think that, you know, Fred Van Vliet, I know he's a small guy. He was undrafted. He spent four years in college at Wichita state. So he's not, he doesn't look like a, an NBA all-star type. He doesn't at all, but he plays like one. Um, 
And the thing is, like, I sometimes when I look at him, I don't want to give him that um, benefit of the doubt either. But when you look back at the 2019 finals and the playoffs, he hit some big, cold-blooded shots. And sure. to me, some of those, you know, there are different skills that players bring to the table. And some of them are very obvious skills, like what James Harden brings. Um, but then some of them are that, you know, guts, that uh, taste for the big moment type thing. And that is impossible to teach. And you can't see it, you know. So what Van Vliet doesn't bring in terms of measurables height you know his leaping ability he brings in toughness and how he performs in big games yeah. and they wouldn't have won that 2019 finals without fred van vliet which is it's insane kind of, it's kind of like the boxing uh, the championship rounds kind of mentality yeah yeah i mean i'm not as versed in boxing but i'm sure across sports it's it's uh, translates sure yeah yeah so they wanted him back. And the fact that they didn't get Serge Ibaka or Marcus Sawback meant that they could afford him. So I wasn't surprised at all. And then Brandon Ingram, you say you're a fan. I'm not a big fan. Oh. He's, he's no, I mean, he's a one way player. Um, you know, he doesn't defend very well. And to me, two way players are championship players. Well, when I say I'm a uh, fan, and, I just think he's got potential, uh, whether, whether he, again, you know, you go back to your, your talk about potential earlier. It doesn't mean everybody's always going to reach it. I just think, um, I don't know. I just see a lot in him that I think he's got a, he looks like the kind of player that has room for improvement and hopefully with the right coaching he can, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan based on that solely alone, if that makes any sense. Well, I wouldn't give someone the max based on potential, but, true, true. It's not more but money. at the same time, you know, if you're New Orleans, you can't afford to lose him. So um, I get why they did it, but I just, no, I get why they did it. I, I just, uh, I, I would do it too. I just wouldn't have a good taste in my mouth doing it. That's, a, that's actually a good, that's, that, that's a good rebuttal. Actually. Do you think giving them the max and obviously at the young age he is, what is he? 22, 23. Um, I think he's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think a player of that age getting the max and also having not reached his potential could be a bad thing in that sense that, you know, why, what, what does he have to work to really? I mean, I think that would vary person to person and I, I wouldn't know enough about Brandon Ingram to make that call. So no, I, but I, I mean, have you seen enough in his game to see that there is kind of signs in, in, in right I mean the, the thing that people always say about guys with his build and I think you know his wingspan has got to be I don't even know what it is but he's Huge. he is built like Kevin Durant he's built Huge. like Kevin Durant right and yeah that yeah. was the obvious thing is like he's built like Kevin Durant and he can shoot yeah. he can't really shoot the three all that well but uh yeah. he he's good uh mid-range but you know people always say with people who are built like that that they have the defensive tools <laughs> and you see that all the time in these drafts scouting reports is like he has the defensive tools which means he's got long arms and maybe quick feet maybe but it's like the question is like why doesn't he apply those tools sure. the question is is he a good defender sure and if the answer is no but he's got the tools it's like okay well you know if he never uses them what's the do the tools even exist? Like, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point, dude, I haven't seen it. I mean, shoot, Ben Simmons is that age, and he's an all all league defender. You know, sure. so no, makes sense. I, I I harp a lot on defense just because it's like, you know, I covered the San Antonio Spurs. I worked and lived in San Antonio for two years covering them. I worked for a local TV station out there, 
And I kind of got ingrained to certain ways that the Spurs do things. And, you know, they, they believe in defense first. During all their heyday years, they had a top three defense every year. Um, you know, they don't believe in sort of beating your chest and patting yourself on the back when you do a, make a good shot or whatever. And so whenever I see those things, it kind of raises a red flag for me. Like the guy who overly celebrates himself or, or uh, you know, uh, I don't want to <laughs> – uh, the guy who – here, I'll say it this way. The guy who treats the walk into the game like a fucking fashion show – it's like, dude, like, get over yourself, please. Like, that to me is not a spur, and that's to me not a winning basketball player. Maybe that's why I like him. <laughs> He's got good dress. Right? No, no, I'm not saying that Brandon Ingram <laughs> treats it like a fashion show, but he certainly doesn't treat defense as half of the game, which it sure. technically is. I get you. I so get that's you. why I wouldn't feel good paying in the max. Makes sense. Yeah, fair. Uh, I, Casey, I just want to ask you about two more players. Uh, myself uh, then I'll give it back over to Ian uh, I want you to give me the thought process of Rayshon Rondo uh, joining the Hawks and being back up probably to uh, Trey Young for for most of his time there going from the Lakers and obviously reported interest in the Clippers I'm guessing other teams too so why why do you think that he's gone from obviously the champion to moving to a team that is not, we can safely assume is not going to contend and will probably not make the playoffs this year. He did it for money. <laughs> so, so uh, he got a two year deal worth $15 million, which is obviously seven and a half million per uh, year. And I think he was going to make like 3 million with the, uh, with the Lakers. So he made over double and that's why he did it. Um, and then, you know, he'll be in Atlanta. I mean, you know, people act like just cause he is coming off winning a championship and playing well with a LeBron James led team. Like he's been a total nightmare on other teams. Um, it's actually hard to remember all the teams he's been on, but he's been on some bad teams and it was not always kumbaya in the locker room. And, um, he's not necessarily this floor general type leadership guy like a Chris Paul like that that's not who Rajon Rondo is and I get the feeling like that's what some people think the Hawks are getting and they're not they're not getting Chris Paul so he did it for the money and that's all good if things go really bad next year I don't think he's going to help the locker room uh, I, and I don't think they're and I think things are going to go bad next year I don't think they're going to do well at all of the Hawks you know I, I agree with you too and it's sort of in the terms of the same way that the Knicks, they haven't really done enough to take a step forward and the other teams around them have gotten better. So I can't see it being a good year for the Hawks next year. Uh, I know we started with, with Charlotte uh, drafting LaBello Ball. They also acquired Gordon Hayward from, from Boston as well in free agency. He was probably the, one of the other big names that was available. Uh, obviously went for a big contract to surprise that the Hornets could get him. I thought personally that I understood the move from, from Hayward. I was, Hayward it was probably one of the top offers he was going to get. Probably his last big contract as well with all the injury issues that he's had too. It, for me, it made total sense to go to a team like that that were trying to build something up. So I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was a great move. The biggest uh, criticism is that it was an overpay, which I disagree with because – I get that you're – and 
the entire criticism is that it's an overpay because you're paying a guy who has been injured the last two years, $30 million a year. Um, and that that sounds insane to people. But my response to that is that a small market like Charlotte has to pay a lot to get all-star caliber free agents. And, you know, their last big free agent was um, a guy by the name of, I can't even remember his name. He's so obscure. He's not even a, he's not a household. If I said his name, you wouldn't even recognize it. But um, the, the point in saying that isn't who the guy was. It's the fact that they don't get big time, big name guys. And so paying a little bit more is fine with me. And by the way, it's not like they have a complicated cap sheet. They got rid of Nicholas Batum, which is their worst contract. And, you know, they have a lot of their role players are under cheap team-friendly deals like Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, P.J. Dozier, uh, P.J. Washington, rather, and now LaMelo Ball. These are all guys that are under manageable contracts. So, okay, you have one contract that's bloated on your, on your cap sheet. But they could afford that. That's what their their cap looks like. They don't have a bunch of big contracts. Um, and so, you know, I think that bringing in the type of guy like Gordon Hayward, uh, he's a guy that I would pay. He's not a locker room problem. He has led teams in the past to the playoffs. Um, obviously, the injury was unfortunate. But look, he scored 18 points a game on the Celtics last year as the number four option. That is so people don't understand how difficult that is to do. That sometimes the number two option, sometimes the number two option on teams doesn't score 18 points. So um, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in this role again, this sort of lead dog role leading a younger team and all these people who are talking trash about this move. The br- the great thing about sports is we can all have opinions, but we'll all see how it turns out. So Do you give them a chance in the playoffs. A good, uh, good choice by the Hornets, maybe. Maybe a smart choice by the Hornets. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely think so. Yeah. Do I think they'll make the plus? Uh, so, here's the deal. If you pull up the East standings from last year, <clears throat> so the Hornets were in ninth place, so that's one place out of a, a playoff spot. So, all they have to do is make up that one, um, that one spot. But the other teams that they'll be competing for the eighth seed. So right now the eighth seed is the Orlando Magic's uh, birthright currently. Because they, they've made the eighth seed twice in a row, and they're the definition of mediocrity, no offense. So think about who's going Honestly, I think the one through seven seeds are locked in. Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Pacers, Heat, Sixers, Nets. They're all making it. None of those teams ain't making it. So who gets that final spot? To me, the, the candidates are Magic, Hornets, Wizards, Hawks, and that's it. I was going to say Bulls, maybe Bulls. So that's five teams trying to get the eighth seed. So there's going to be competition, but if I had to put money on it, I would say probably the Magic. I'd probably say the Magic again just because they had more veterans. Actually, no, they don't. What do they have? Quite they a have young team. Uh, Quite a young Johnny team. Isaac. Yeah, you know this, Ian. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac is the ACL. 
Yeah, and he's gone for pretty much most of the season. A year. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Markel Fultz, I mean, can he reach his potential? We're still banking on okay. the um, outside, Terrence Ross, Aaron yeah. Gordon. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I mean, you lost Gordon, DJ Augustine. Aaron, yeah, well, Augustine, yeah, I mean, Augustine is a good player, but, you know, again. No, he wasn't good last year. So, so here's the deal. What I like in terms of winning is veterans. Yeah. So yeah. I would say either the magic of the Hornets because everyone else is dealing with a lot of young, young Magic players. don't have veterans. You're right. To be fair, Vooch, Vooch is the only guy there, really. Well, but they have Vooch. They have uh, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and oh, – Isaac. Is those are, yeah, but he's gone, so. Oh, yeah. Isaac so, yeah, I would gone, go yeah, Hornets yeah. or Magic for the eighth seed for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the reason I'm not saying Wizards, even though they have Beal and Wall, is because beyond those two, it's like a total shit show. Yeah. They have like a lot of 19 year olds. Yeah. And Wall wants out as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All I right. suppose my last question, I suppose, in, in closing up from my side would be um, I was going to say if you're a betting man, but you are a betting man. So I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Great. Um, and this is going to be a good – because, look, it's fantasy as well. Who does Giannis end up with in your books? Like if you're, if you're, if you, who are you putting your money on if, if, you know, if you're making the decision? Yeah, I would uh, – I mean, you got to lean to the heat. Yeah, I've been saying that for, yeah. that for a while. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's between – Heat and Mavericks, depending on how things play out this next year. The Mavericks are definitely going to have cap space. The Heat are going to have to do some moving around, some clearing of cap space. But, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure the Bucs are the betting favorite, but the Bucs don't, they don't look a whole lot better than they did last year to me. No. Because they, they brought in Drew Holiday. Eric Bledsoe was a defensive guard. They just have to hope that Drew plays better in the postseason. But, you know, the fact is, even with the moves and the free agent signings, Chris Middleton is still the second best player. And when we talk about championships, we talk about, you know, we talk about superstars. We talk about, you know, LeBron couldn't do it without AD. Michael couldn't do it without Scottie Pippen. Um, You know, uh, on down the list – of I'm just looking at other champions in my head uh you know Steph couldn't do it without KD well he could and it was called Clay Thompson but generally you need another superstar is the point and I still don't think the Bucks have that yeah I don't I don't believe so either I think uh I think the move happens for sure I think uh Giannis ends up with the heat myself personally yeah I, I don't know. I like, there's been a bit of a median narrative there in the last week about the Lakers. I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers. No. But I like I like the possibility of so like him picking a team out of nowhere, and obviously everyone's expecting maybe Bucks or Heat. I kind of like I kind of like what um, the Raptors are doing, and I think that maybe they could get him. I think they have a good chance. The Canadian in me would love that. <laughs> Even though you know what I mean, I got a lot of Canadian friends, and like that's the only team in the NBA that Canadian guys have to and girls have to cheer for. So, I would also not be opposed to that. I don't think that's happening. Why would you leave 
Milwaukee for Toronto, it's not an upgrade. Cold. You would leave $80 million on the table by doing that. And your best teammate, you would go from Chris Middleton to Pascal Siakam. To me, that's not, it's not worth it. Fair enough. That's uh, that's me put in my place. <laughs> I'm just saying that. He, he, tends, you know, he I, tends to do that, Dara. That's why yeah. I choose my questions now. I'm like, all right, I just, want, I just want answers to these questions. I'm like, I'm out otherwise. <laughs> I knew there was a reason why he wanted me to lead this interview there today. <laughs> uh, experience. But look, listen, Casey, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. I know it's been a busy week for yourself, and we really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Go check yeah, out the for- podcast. Go check out the YouTube channel. And I'll see you guys next time. Of course. No, that is, and of don't course. forget, guys and girls, go and put your money on Giannis going to the heat. You heard it from Casey himself. <laughs> Do it right now. <laughs> I wonder what the odds are on that. But yeah. I take on no more. <laughs> Giannis. Antetokounmpo. LeBron, is your refrigerator running? Yo, what uh, you doing? What you hang up for? Man, I got nervous, man. Nervous? It's, it's LeBron James. Look, I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. There you go. Antetokounmpo. Oh, he caught a body. Okay. Oh, he caught a body. I hit the top, hey, this a rolling, not a stop. Watch, don't never stop. D-line quickness, drives to the basket, rejected by Yes. Get that out of here. And a big thank you to Casey Kernan from AM Hoops for taking the time to speak to us today. Don't forget, you can go to his YouTube page. Uh, youtube.com forward slash am hoops or just search for am hoops in the search bar he also has a weekly podcast as well the am hoops podcast and if you want to you can go to his patreon at am hoops if you want to help him out in that way as well i know this show is a, is a patreon of his too it's, it, and it's well worth it for the uh, extra content that he uh, provides and the early access to his videos which is great uh, just before we go, just a few uh, housekeeping bits. You can follow us on our own social pages. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast. We're on Twitter at ASI underscore pod. And we're also at in- on Instagram at ASI podcast. Just search for ASI podcast as well. If you want to find uh, us for all your podcasting needs. But we are changing podcast so i spoke about this on the nfl show last week i'll mention it again we are changing home for of where you will get the podcast so we are now part of the dynamo podcast network we're so happy to be part of it we're going to be sharing the platform with so many other great podcasts you have of course the original dynamo's dozen podcast with of course my trusty co-host ian the dynamo kelly We've got the upper tier podcast for you football or soccer fans. We've got the superior comic show for all you comic book fans too. There's so many other ones. The four pod men for these round table discussion shows about some of the biggest names in wrestling ever. All 
all of them are there. So many different things. So the ASI podcast and the NFL show are going to be moving to the Dynamo Podcast Network. So make sure you are subscribed to that for uh, for all the podcasts, including our own. Now, we're still going to put these podcasts on the AESI podcast page up until the end of the year. So from 2021 at the start of the year, it will not be there any longer. So make sure you make the change over. Like I said, it's on Spotify, all the podcasting, uh, all your podcasting sites, Dynamo's podcast network. That's where you'll find us. We'll be releasing two shows every week, the NFL show and the, the main ASI podcast show we have some more shows in the works soon too we can speak more about that at a later stage when they become closer to reality but don't forget dynamos podcast network uh subscribe to them on your podcasting sites and that's where you're going to find all our podcasts from now on but that's all the time we have for this week ian as always thank you so much for uh, chatting pleasure my friend as always and we will see you on the flip side